This is Sheldon Primus, the host of the Safety Consultant Podcast. During this time, we've all been tightening our belts because of COVID-19. I have been as well. Recently, I've found cost-effective alternative to some of the services and programs that I was using, such as email marketing, hosting services, and even one of my favorites, Teachable. Visit SheldonPrimus.com backslash resources for special offers to help you reduce your business overhead. If you're hosting a podcast or want to host a podcast, then visit SheldonPrimus.com backslash hosting for a knockout deal. Don't give up on your dream. Get smarter on the back end of your business. This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to another episode of the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. It's the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. All right. This week, we're actually going to do another solo episode. I'm going to do the OSHA update one. I haven't done one of these in a while. This is where I actually go through the OSHA website, uh, tell you a few things that I've seen and uh, that kind of stands out to me. So I want to make sure that you guys stay updated with that. Uh, It's one of those things where every now and then as a safety consultant, you should actually go to this website, US-based. If you're outside of the US, it doesn't mean as much to you. So I would say go to your regulatory agency and look through their website from time to time. You really want to make sure that you stay in touch with what's happening with them so that you can either offer new services for your clients or you can be ready for something that is either about to happen as far as a regulation or just happened. And you really need to uh, be aware of that. So that's why I do that time to time look at the OSHA website. I want to make sure that everything is as I remember, (laughs) or if anything new comes up, I want to make sure that I know that one too. So uh, I am going to go ahead and get into that. And uh, what I will do after that is we won't actually have a tip of the week because I am going to be doing everything with you. And uh, so therefore, I will be the tip. So like before, (laughs) it's the week and I am the tip. So uh, when we come back after word from the sponsor, then uh, we will get right into the OSHA update as of October 2020. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figure I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people a direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can 
really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. This episode is powered by Safety FM. All right, so let's get into this one. I actually was going through this website a little bit ago, and um, I I really, it's almost like my homepage, right? The OSHA.gov website. If you haven't been on there recently, you need to kind of take a, a good look. So what's OSHA doing right now? It's probably what every other regulatory agency is doing in you know in a globe. Uh, they're really trying to end regulatory as in uh, compliance for safety and health regulatory, uh, as opposed to environmental regulatory agencies or anything similar to that. But occupational safety and health. The thought is, is if there is some sort of safety and health protection for workers. For the COVID-19, and that's the disease which comes from the virus, SARS-CoV-2, coronavirus 2. Uh, So that one is probably prominent on every regulator's mind, every regulator's website, everything like that. And that's good. That's actually where it should be right now because truly if we could address this pandemic, it is going to be not only things to be done at home, but then also things at home, excuse me, at work, where you could have events that there's several people that are infected that could be spreading to other people in close quarters. So on the OSHA website, first and foremost, as soon as you log in, OSHA.gov, you're going to see coronavirus uh, resources. Great, great, great amount of resources out there. Uh, you scroll down even further on the very same homepage, you're going to see where there is guidelines for returning to work safely. And they actually have it where it's broken down into different industries as well when you really start looking at that. And then, as of October 2nd, there was a press release saying that OSHA has actually started doing citations for COVID-19 coronavirus violations. And again, I'm going to say COVID-19 because that's pretty much what we've been thinking of, you know, disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2. So I know it's there's a difference. I'm just saying that just because it's easier for me. All right. So duly noted. All you guys that are messing with me and while you're listening to me, don't be a nerd. (laughs) Uh, Kidding. You do whatever you want. You be you. But I know exactly what I'm talking about as far as COVID-19 versus the actual uh, virus that causes it. Uh, But, you know, it's easier. And it's something you understand. So we're good. So, all right, let's get back to, uh, to the violations. So their announcement on the violations was... Four hundred and eighty-four thousand dollars worth of violations. They actually wanted to make sure that that was prominent, that uh, the dollar figure was prominent. So, if you really start thinking about it, and uh, you know, probably already uh, leading the witness with with this phrasing already, but if you think about it, OSHA has been getting complaints, and they get complaints filed. 
And I believe there's like 3,100 complaints right now that are filed with OSHA. And I'm, uh, I'm actually on the site, so let me quote real quick. Yep. So 3,100 site, uh, excuse me, complaints were filed. So these files, and they're pretty much coming in, you know, nine, ten a day uh, is coming in. So uh, those complaints that are that are coming in, they get screened, they go through it for validity and all the other things, and then they actually have a bunch of different uh, follow-up things that they ask the employer to do. And then if there's a case where the employer did not follow up like they should, then now there's a few other things that they would uh they would escalate, let's say that. So out of 3,100 of these uh, complaints that were filed, and those were just the whistleblower com- uh, complaints, and then they have the daily enforcement data, if you look at that, uh, they're actually enforcing quite a bit as far as um, making sure that uh, they close cases. But some of these cases that they're closing is truly OSHA writing someone a letter, they get a response from that uh, employer. If it's a sufficient response, OSHA will say, okay, we agree. And unless they hear otherwise from a complaint or some sort of inspection activity, they'll believe whatever the employer is telling them as far as a letter returned back to them or abatement process or whatever they were supposed to do. OSHA will take them on that. And then if there is some sort of... Um, issue after that, then now OSHA will will go ahead and, and do some of the other uh, some of the other things that they have at their uh, disposal. So now that there's actual citations coming out where OSHA is fining and uh, now we're seeing that at $484,000 is what they say up to, uh, to date and that was as of their October 2nd press release. So as you look at this, 3,100 actual complaints, whistleblower complaints on COVID-19, 37 establishments were fined, had violations. So out of the 37, and you're thinking of the numbers and you're like, hold on, <laughs> that percentage doesn't even add up uh, as far as you know dollar figures and, uh, and, and people who have truly um, got to ocean OSHA's decided to find them. Uh, but then when you actually go to the page, the enforcement page, where you can see who's who's actually being um, who's being cited. First thing I noticed was a lot of hospitals, and we even have Department of Veterans Affairs in there for Indiana, and uh, they got cited a few times, but no dollar figures as far as the fines. Uh, most of the fines are right around 13000 or 23000 uh, Those are the numbers that you see quite often as you're flipping through that list. So I'm looking at that. Uh, so Indiana, uh, one in Georgia, one in Connecticut. Uh, New Jersey has the lion's share of violations. And then New York is a very, well, not a very, but a, a close second. And then Texas won. So just thinking of all the different states that are doing complaints and then the actual citations, though that is almost a half a million dollars of citations, it's 
not even scratching the surface of what there should be. So that's my two cents on this thing. Uh, hopefully that OSHA will start getting on board. Uh, and these numbers should be, I would say, easily 10 times what this 400,000 is right now. If you're really looking at what the complaints are and what the abatement processes are and people not even abating, and it's a mess. So here are what are getting cited out of these citations. Implementation of respiratory protection programs. That's one of the areas that's being cited. Uh, medical evaluation for fit testing. And that's, again, probably related to uh, your PPE that you're wearing for respiratory protection for airborne virus. So if that's the case, then OSHA is saying if you're requiring to have respiratory protection, uh, then now you are going to have to do the written program and then the fit testing, the training, and everything else that involves uh, that subpart I uh, in uh, 1910. And that's incorporated by reference for other um, sectors as well. So anyway, uh, the other thing is reporting injury and illnesses or fatalities. So record keeping is now in there. And again, another record keeping is recording the uh, OSHA illnesses on the forms. So that's two of the ones that have been cited. Uh, and then some general duty clause ones. So they, they cited general duty clause uh, in there as well. So those are the citations that people are getting. And truly, there's a couple of agencies that got zero uh, in in the citation. And then you got a couple that, you know, 25,000. I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, so it, it really depends on a couple of things. OSHA had never never cites evenly. It's always by, um, I shouldn't say evenly. It should be fairly, let's say it that way. But when I say evenly, I don't mean that one citation is going to be the same dollar figure across all North American Industrial Classification System Code, NAICS. The NAICS code means a lot. And there's a bunch of other factors, too, related to size and related to your past history and uh, and a few other things that details the gravity of what the uh, what the citation would be. And then when you determine the gravity, it's like a calculation, and then they create the actual price. If you want to learn about that stuff, you're going to have to really go through the field operation manual. Uh, I'm also doing an actual <laughs> inspection uh, or surviving an OSHA audit uh event and you can see that on sheldonprimus.com backslash live uh, and that will you know sign up for that and then you'll really get a good understanding of uh, of what it takes for for citations and, and all the dollar figures so that's one of the things that caught my mind about OSHA and again we're doing our, our uh, OSHA update uh, the other thing that I noticed is that they did actually award the Susan Harwood uh, material. So if you are not familiar with what the Susan Harwood grant is, you could go to uh, OSHA.gov in the search box. You could type in Susan Harwood grants. I've talked about them before on the show. Uh, what that is, is nonprofits and tribal communities can actually ask OSHA, hey, give us some money to do some research and to create uh, some training for these specific areas. 
and then OSHA will. They'll, um, you have to fill out the whole you know grant form and do exactly what you need to do to make sure that you get approved for this. And then when you get the money, you get this uh, thing done by either a consultant or whoever, or you may be the person hired to do one of these um, uh, Susan Harwood training uh, material. If that's the case and you get that material and you get that money from OSHA, what you're also agreeing to is that OSHA will have a piece of this. So that means uh, OSHA will get a piece of this information. And then truly when they get this information, uh, they're also going to be able to put it on their website. So that's the caveat to it. So once you get that information, and it's it's good. I mean, truly, I've used the Caesar Harwood, Harwood material often. And I do say often because in some of them, you get so much information. And I truly mean you could get uh, PowerPoints to deliver the presentation. You get student handouts. You could get um, post-test and pre-test uh, lesson plans if you, uh, some of them do that. So it's really, really good. So they had definitely done their awarding. And uh, if you want to find out whoever you know is doing something near you, then go to that website, Susan Harwood Training, and then you'll do it. So they gave you know, a pretty good amount of money uh, for this last grant uh, material. So I'm kind of looking for it right now. Uh, so I don't see the funding announcements, but they did re- release the participants, and it turned out to be 90 nonprofit organizations nationwide at $11.2 million, which is a pretty good, um, uh, pretty good thing. So let's see. The 2020 Harvard Grants Awards also funded 12 targeted training uh, topic training grants and four training and education material development grants on topics related to the coronavirus pandemic. So they went even further and allowed some new stuff for coronavirus. So I can't wait till that gets out. So uh, that is a very, you know, a very good, good thing. So look for that every year. It's like clockwork. When OSHA does their budget, you'll see the season hardwood material, like the budget's gone for it. But I remember one year I was doing an um, a ASSP uh, convention, the year that they actually announced going to ASSP from ASSE, which is American Society of Safety Engineers. They went to American Society of Safety Professionals. Uh, that year was in San Antonio. I was doing a presentation on the future of OSHA. And I mentioned that the Harvard grant was on the chopping block. And afterwards, someone who is a beat writer uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, was there at the present. She loved the presentation, and then she told me, hey, don't worry about the Harvard grants. There's plenty of senators out there, and there's plenty of congressmen, and that's their bread and butter. (laughs) They actually look to have this Harvard grant as being something that will help get them reelected. So even though it's not always in the budget, you'll see that some senator or some um, some congressman will put that in at the very end, and all of a sudden, Susan Harwood will announce some funding, and it's every year. So once I heard that, I was like, oh, cool. So we know we'll have it. What I do wish 
is that the Harvard grant would actually start going into more topics. We got a glut of certain topics and we need some other topics covered. So I don't know how to make that happen, but it'll be awesome if they do that. I'm glad that they branched out to the coronavirus one. All right, keep on going with what we got over here. And I'm looking at the Cranes and Derricks. That standard um, subpart CC in 1926, which is the construction book, it's got a, a new uh, a new addition to it. And that's basically if you're doing any railroad roadway work, they added some stuff to that standard. I did not go through it yet, so I don't know what it is. But I do know that it's been finalized. So if you do work in cranes and derricks, and at a, ro- a railroad roadway, a lot of R's in that one, right? <laughs> like our city. I was trying so hard not to make and mess it up. But railroad roadway work. So that is uh, the new standard. It's been updated in that one. If that's your industry or if you're a consultant for them, you really, really want to go check that out. Make sure you get a good understanding of it. I don't deal with cranes and derricks that much, though. Uh, just for me, I, I deal with other parts of construction, mostly underground. Uh, so excavations and uh, fall protection, stuff like that, permit required, confined space. But I don't really deal with uh, cranes and derricks as much. So if that's your forte, go out there, make sure you understand that standard. Uh, another thing is when they do the compliance uh, letter for the standard, get that, print it and really start going through that compliance letter because really what that does is shows you what a a COSHO compliance safety and health officer uh, would actually look for when they're doing an inspection. So you find out what they're going to do through that compliance letter and then you just uh, use that for your actual clients and to advise your clients and to do informal conferences or whatever else you need. So I really would kind of keep an eye out for that one as well. Uh, fall protection. Then, uh, if you haven't seen the stand down for falls, that's on the OSHA website. They did their seventh one in September, and that national stand down was a week long. Where if you participated, you just had a company just uh, training for an hour in that whole week. If you did that, you could participate with everyone else, or you would have participated with everyone else. Uh, make sure you download your certificate on the OSHA website. That's pretty awesome. I remember the first couple of years it came out um, that I did it uh, for myself and some clients. Uh, so I ended up downloading uh, the certificate for my two companies at the time. And uh, <laughs> it was funny because I'm company of one, you know, as a consultant, but I had an OSHA certificate saying that I participated in the stand down for falls, which I did. So it was kind of cool getting that. Uh, if you're a data nerd, you might want to check out what OSHA did because of a freedom of information request. They released the injury and illness data from 2016 to 2018, and is that data that was got, was uh, collected from the electronic record keeping rule that was uh, new years old but you know new to us and uh truly it is rich in information so you can find out by naics codes uh certain industries you'll see the preponderance 
that's the way you say that, of injuries and illnesses for that industry. So it's kind of good un- to, to get an understanding of that. Uh, so that is another thing I would look for. So you really want to go to the OSHA website and uh, you want to look up the injury and illnesses data. So that's pretty good. So truly you want to go through that stuff. So that's actually all I've got as far as um, the list of things that I really want to make sure that I mentioned from the OSHA update. If you need any coronavirus help, uh, that's one of the things that you should really, really uh, do. Just kind of go through that, um, that website and CDC as well. Uh, CDC's gone through a little bit of issues, uh, but uh, they also have resources there. So you could find some stuff that will help with your safety system. All right, before I go, let me tell you about one last thing. Uh, I am going to be hosting uh, the actual... Uh, it's going to be called How to Survive an OSHA Audit. And it's a full, complete look. So it's going to be a four-hour training online. So we're not going to have any face-to-face. So it's going to be four-hour training. And it's going to be uh, where I am going to work with you. And we are going to go through all the steps that it would take before, during, and after uh, OSHA audit. And I'm going to explain to you uh, through the eyes of a consultant of how you could survive this thing and thrive. So the event's going to be held October 19th. We're going to start at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. That's my time zone. We're going to go until 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you could go to sheldonprimus.com backslash live early bird uh, tickets are available. And the early bird tickets are actually going to be $75 for the event. And it's only available until October 12th. So you have to make sure you get to that by October 12th. And that's when the early bird tickets will close. And then the regular uh, price will start at $90. uh, And that is going to uh, go until the day before the event. So October 19th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Just going to walk you through everything. We're truly going to go through how much uh, an incident was probably going to cost you. I'll show you how to look things up by even establishments. I'm going to show you how to dissect the top 10 most frequently standard side of standards. We're going to go through the field operation manual. We'll talk about all the different uh, metrics that you need to look for. We're going to figure out how to fight the citation in an informal conference. And I'll show you techniques for negotiation, even record keeping, because that's a big thing when you do have inspections. So we're going to go through a bunch of that stuff to make sure that you are ready and you're going to be prepared for whenever you take on a job that says, I am going to be an OSHA consultant that's going to help you mitigate through an audit. And uh, so I'm going to show you guys my tips, my tricks. All right. So hop on the early bird as quick as you can. It's going to end October 12th at noon. So $75 for that one. If you miss it, that's all right. Grab the next set of tickets. It's going to start right after that. And it's going to be $90 for that event. And uh, and then you're also going to get access to this stuff. So you'll, keep, you'll have it available to you. So if you're on the early bird, you're going to have it available to you until April 
of 2021, so you could go back and refer to it and everything else. Uh, general tickets, you missed the early bird, you missed that opportunity, so uh, you're actually still going to have a few months to, to have this material available to you until January of 2021. So go ahead, I encourage you, do that thing right now. Go to sheldonprimus.com backslash live. Hopefully this OSHA update is going to help you out as much as you can so you could uh, be ready for being the best OSHA consultant you can be. And uh, I appreciate you guys. So if you haven't liked the show, go ahead and like it. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and do it. What are you waiting for? Go subscribe. If you're driving, can't do that now. Do that later. But I really appreciate you. Thank you for spending the time with me. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. 